Good morning, fans of theater. Thanks for tuning in to Stage Door. This is episode 61. We've already had 61 episodes. And I really hope you guys have been listening since the beginning because that would just make me feel really good. But if you haven't been listening since the beginning, go on back. Go on back, listen. we got some really good episodes in there that are what we call evergreen episodes that just talk about uh, people in the profession, talk about theater companies. Obviously, there's no point listening to the ones that were about the shows. Those are coming gone. But today is another one of those episodes that we refer to as an evergreen episode. And uh, we're sitting down. We're talking to somebody that I don't even know how we didn't know this person already. Uh, very well-known in the area, has done all sorts of things in the theater world, not just here in town, but all over the United States and has had just a just a kind of a very fun, interesting life. So we have 75, 76 mutual friends on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. And you got a hold of me first, I believe, on Facebook and said, I should know you. And I was like, How the do I not know sure. you? Sure. Yeah, because you were your friends with Jay Shell. Right, lives across the street. Right. And I commented on something of his. And I think you probably were like, this guy's always commenting on Jason. Right, how do we know each other? Yeah, how right. do I know this guy? And I don't know how the hell we didn't know each other more closely with what you do for a living and the fact yes. that your your wife is... Mrs. Frank. Mrs. Frank, who phys is... Ed, phys ed teacher at Beverly and Elementary. But be <laughs> <laughs> you went like this. I'm like, I know. what else right. do I need to All add? Right. So she's a, I want you to explain that relationship between... Okay, okay. She is, she's been at Beverly Elementary uh, for 30, well, she's been in TPS for 30-some years, and I think she's been at Beverly for over half that. She was at the old Beverly uh, and then moved to the new Beverly, which is the old Bowser. She's been there a long time. Right, but you came in and you're like, I, I know you more because that's obviously where my children went. And yes. that's, so you're like, my wife is, and she did the, the singing of the penguin song. What was it? You actually knew exactly what it was called. Well, and I had to ask her, and this is a, this is a funny story, because when we first started dating, no, no, I don't want to say that. That's, that's too heavy. In 2010, I was working on cruise ships. It's a whole huh. other story. Uh, and then um, I found her on Facebook, and we were talking. And I have done professional tours. I've been on Broadway tours, uh, regional theater, all this stuff. And I'm used to very, very long runs. And I find out that she's choreographing this show called How the Penguin Saved Christmas. <laughs> and I said... On the phone, I said, wow, when does this open? And I haven't even seen her yet. We're still talking over the phone from, and emails and stuff. And I said, when does it open? And she said, Thursday. And I went, oh, that's awesome. When does it close? And she goes, Thursday. <laughs> and I'm like, that runs for a week. That's awesome. And she's like, no, this is elementary school. This runs for like 20 minutes and we're done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have pictures of them, though, and my wife made. All the penguins had to, all the kids had to dress up with black shirts on. With this white, uh, like bib, it looks like a white bib to give them the front of them, and then uh, they all had these little bow ties, little black bow ties. But Cute. of course, my wife is being extra that she is. No, 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 I'm not making Gabe a bow tie. He had one of like a suit tie, so it went all the way down the front. Of him. Of so course. he's the one penguin on stage that looked different than everybody else. So now, my... is that where you choreographed a fight in Macbeth? No, but I, I came back at one point. I came into town. And I choreographed Mulan Jr. at the Old Beverly. Um, but the, the Macbeth that we're talking about uh, was with, I don't know who it was with. It was a, a, a local children's theater. It might have been Toledo Rep, I don't, I don't know. Uh, summer program or something, but it was just fifth graders. It was. It was a Toledo Rep. I okay. Know exactly. now, it was a blast. Now, yeah. when you say you, you've done cruise ships, you've done Broadway, you've done tours, 
you're not talking on stage, are you? I've been known to act, but no, mo- most of my most of my background is uh, backstage. Your professional yeah. career, so In that's why we're yeah. here. Because everybody, Correct. I got several people. Yep. That messaged me and said, well, you need to have Wayne on. And I was like, yeah, I'm I do. Kind of a big deal. I do. That's what they were saying. I was like, what? Why? What's yeah. he? What is he Who exactly? Is he? What, so, what does what he do? What exactly do you do then besides cruise shipping? I am a professional stagehand. Okay. And uh, what that means is I make my living working backstage, loading shows in, loading shows out, putting them together. Uh, setting lighting cues if I'm in the lighting department, uh, pushing scenery on stage, pushing scenery off stage, uh, helping set things up. <clears throat> if it's if it's with a union and the union call, it's it's departmentalized, so I know I'm in electrics and I'm running follow spot for the show, or I'm in electrics and I'm setting up and going home and coming back to electrics to tear it out. Uh, if it's a non-union show, uh, we just jump around and, and help each other out. But I make my living by letting the business agent know that I'm available. Um, I also do some non-union stuff. I'm a camera grip, and I work utilities for CBS and ESPN and Fox, uh, Fox, Fox Sports. Uh, I do a lot of football games, basketball games, um, slubbing the cameras around the court and running cables up and down the field and around the field. And so I've this, also is cu- been up- this is curious to me. So are you in the union or are you not in the union? I'm in the union. Okay, but you do non-union stuff. And what union is that? My union is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Also okay. known as? IATSE. IATSE. Yes, okay. Local 24. I'm the recording secretary. I'm on the executive board. I've been a union member since 1995 um, in Madison, Wisconsin is where I got my union card. I've been working with the union since 1980, right out of high school, Local 12 in Columbus. Um, but the great thing is, if I'm going to do a tour or something, which I haven't done in a long time, it's going to be a union tour. But a lot of the stuff that's that we do that's in the industry is non-union, um, pays well, still pays the benefits and everything. So um, the union doesn't have any jurisdiction over live TV sports at this point. So I can get a job at Bowling Green for two days working for ESPN and making good money to run a camera around the field. Gotcha. But if you're going to do something on the stage, that's through the union? Normally, yes. Normally. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. When Kyle and I started doing this podcast, we had no idea there was such a thing as a stagehand or a stagehand union. Sure, this well, is all we knew a stagehand, but the yeah, union this is amazing. Is, to is us. different. I mean, why? Well, why is there a union for stagehands? Glad you asked that. Many years ago, uh, eighteen. Let's see. Uh, Local twenty four has been around since eighteen ninety three. I think around eighteen eighty seven or eighty eight. A group of technicians that work on Broadway got together and started a group uh, to protect themselves and get better benefits. And it branched out to include Detroit, Cleveland, uh, Jersey, and then it got even bigger and bigger and became uh, all of America over the years, and then as well as North America. Uh, We're also in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands, that place. Uh, Anything that's like American territory has a uh, stagehand union there, a local. Um, but it was all to protect the uh, the workers back in the day. Better, And even then, when they formed the union, it was mostly about workers' rights and safety and better working conditions. It wasn't even about the money back then. You're and just going to make sure nobody was going to get hurt while they're doing the job. Exactly. And there was no oversight. And there's not a whole lot of oversight now. Um, it's pretty willy-nilly as far as I'm concerned, uh, <laughs> as far as safety. Um, 
OSHA doesn't get too involved with us until something happens. Um, and that's union, non-union. It doesn't matter. It's, just, it's theater. You know, I need to focus this light. I don't have a ladder. We'll stand on the back of this chair. Okay, I'll do that. I've done that before. more like sandbags falling from the rafters. Yes. Oh, yeah. so it's yeah. a lot of Phantom of the Opera stuff. Phantom of the yeah. Opera okay. stuff. Yes. People. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, and fun fact, at one point when the Stagehands Union was formed back in the 1800s, Detroit had the second largest uh, theater district outside of New York City. Oh, that is a fun fact. Now, now where do they stand? Behind Cleveland, Chicago, behind all a bunch of them now, right? Probably. Of, yeah, yeah. 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 So, again, you, you went to school for this? I mean, what did you, how do you do yeah, that? Yeah, how do you? We're, we're more fascinated all the time. Okay. With, like, how I'm going somebody... to tell you the yeah. stagehand story. There we go. And I'm not, I haven't been just a stagehand. I've worked as a production manager, a stage manager, fight choreographer, stuntman for outdoor dramas. Um, you were a stuntman or you choreographed the stuntman? I, I both. Awesome. I was. I'm an honorary member of the Hollywood Stuntmen's Association. <laughs> I have a tattoo right here. It's two guys flipping. I see it. He's right. <laughs> Can you folks flipping? see it? I see, see it. it. There you go. Look close. There you go. Oh, I see yeah. it. They're um, flipping something off. Yeah. Um. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's faded. It doesn't look like it should anymore. Um. But any stagehand, any good stagehand, union, non-union, but anybody that's been in the business has their own way of telling this story. But the way I became a stagehand is forty some years ago. I was at a concert. I walked backstage to go to find a bathroom, and somebody gave me a crescent wrench and told me to get back to work. Forty years ah. later, I still haven't found the <laughs> bathroom. Gotcha. Were you wearing all black or something? So it could have been. Yeah, I don't know. But Look that's every stagehand knows that story. So that's funny. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I went to I went to um, I graduated high school in 1980 and did a little. Oh, okay, so my stagehand gig was 1981, my first one. So I, I graduated in 1980. And got involved with Local 12 in Columbus. Started doing some shows um, with them at the Ohio Theater and the Palace and some other places. And then I went to join the union. Um, no, I went, to, I went to High State in 1981. And I was working with the gentleman that designed the special effects for Cats on Broadway. And um, I realized that I was already far ahead of what I was learning in class having been in the real world for already a year. And um, so I went to High State for a year and dropped out. But well, yeah, because at Ohio State or any of the colleges, you need to take your, your Comp 1 class. Correct. And then you need to take your Art History class. Correct. You know, yeah. you need, those are important for being a stagehand. <laughs> so you got to do that. <laughs> absolutely. Classes. And then you got to take a biology class, too. Yes, that's anatomy. Yep, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. All the important classes to become a stagehand. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, I went around, uh, worked all over the country, traveling with shows, working regional theater. I would go somewhere and work for three days and choreograph a fight for a stage show and then go someplace, someplace else and spend three months stage managing. Um, and, and I would bop all around. And then in 1990... But, but I was how a, did you find... I'm sorry, but how did you find these? What do you mean you just went around? Like, how did you like... Well, that's, that's a good like question. A I, don't, I don't know. On the wall? I, I, mean, how did you, I don't know. I, word of mouth. Okay. A lot of the stuff we do in this industry is just word of mouth. You meet somebody, and they're like, "Hey, I know a guy that knows a guy," and uh, pretty much any of us that are that have integrity and, and trust ourselves and our, our intuition and instincts uh, and have the same work ethics as somebody else will certainly um, recommend somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've only, I've only recommended somebody to either stage manage or work with another company a handful of times. You're on this podcast because people recommended you to be on this yes. podcast. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, it's pretty it, like cool. four or five people for real. That's, that's so I was pretty like, cool. What the well, f- I, okay. so yeah, so I, I didn't, I haven't gotten out of a resume in years. And today I tried to fill out an application online for a, 
a, a gig and um, I told I told the wife honestly I'm like I don't I don't have a resume and I haven't had a resume in 40 30 years probably <laughs> and I used to have resumes that were just fight resumes and I used to have resumes that were just stage management resumes and I had resumes that was just stagehand stuff listing all the, the skills and the certifications that I have so but uh, to back to that yeah, back to the, the education the nine, mm-hmm. yeah back to the education I went to work uh, my third outdoor drama in St. Augustine, Florida, which I think is one of the most beautiful cities in the country, one of my favorite places. And um, the outdoor drama, The Cross and the Sword, was run in conjunction with the School for the Arts at St. John's River Community College. And the gentleman at St. John's River Community College in charge of the program said, hey, you don't have a degree in a college degree, and we don't have a stage management program. How about you come and stage manage all the shows and take classes for free? And I said, well, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, obviously. And so I realized that I couldn't afford to live there. Oh. So I did that for a year. So then you lived in the stage probably, right? You just lived backstage for a while? And- Pretty much so. <laughs> yes. Yep. I lived there for a year and I was, you know, I my mom would send me her credit card shell station. I'd drive into town and stock up on groceries and on her she, credit card. Like, and physically mail you her credit card? She did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's the old, that's old yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody does that nowadays. So no, too, I don't right? have a college degree and I, I, I every couple of years I look online to try to find something like an associate's degree because I do miss that I, I like the I like the studying part of it I just wasn't a good I wasn't a good student so I, well, I know my limitations you get in there and you're like oh my gosh why am I doing all this stuff and I already am miles exactly. ahead of it though right. that's that right. is there's a lot to be said for that so you were you were taking these classes in St. Augustine, finding these jobs right like randomly though that's the coolest yeah part it, it was because I did outdoor drama um, and I met people that were involved with stunt work and fight choreography. I met lighting designers and other people. And they're like, hey, I'm getting ready to go do this show over in hmm. uh, 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 St. Louis, Missouri. Or I'm, do- I'm doing this show in Dayton. You want to come do this for me? I, mean, I was in St. Augustine when somebody asked me if I wanted to come to Dayton and choreograph Romeo and Juliet as far as the stage fighting is concerned. Um, and I actually couldn't because I always had something else going on. But um, it's just always been a matter of uh, word of mouth, just I know somebody and, who knows somebody. And just trying and just jumping right, in Right, but trying. being super mobile, though, it sounds yeah, like, as yeah. well, and saying, well, I, don't know, I, I can leave in tomorrow? Okay, sure, and right. just do yeah, that. Yeah, right. I mean, just, that's, you're just sleeping on prop beds backstage. and You didn't have any you leases signed for any apartments? You could just go? Well, yeah, I lived in St. Augustine for two years. I lived in Columbus in German Village for five years, which is where I grew up. Thanks for asking. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, um, so I had I had apartments. I lived with people. I had a you know, girlfriend once in a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you, oh, I'll go to St. Augustine and I'm just going to go. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Right. And I packed up and I went to St. Augustine. Uh-huh. And then, uh, like I said, I lived there for two years and went to school for a little bit. And then I had a girlfriend at the time, and I got offered a job to go on tour uh, in '91. I'm like, all right, I'll go on tour. So I went on tour, quit the school, and went out to make some money. And she stayed back at, in St. Augustine and worked at the school. And I just went on tour and then that tour led to something else which led to something never else came home. never came is that what happened just, never came home <laughs> yeah well I, I eventually went home to to find out that she didn't want me there anymore <laughs> so that was <laughs> to find out i've been on tour a little long and she wasn't waiting yeah that yeah. makes sense <laughs> yeah. so you just kept doing this for the and then suddenly it's 40 years later and exactly it's, yeah. it's kind of like a military life though really it's like you get stationed here and then you get stationed here and stationed there you just got to be well, willing to, absolutely to do and, stuff. and I don't. I haven't done regional theater in a, a long time, but probably nineteen 
99, 99, 2000 was the last time I went away to do regional theater. And I was married and I drove over to Muskegon, Michigan. I was living in Detroit and I drove over to Muskegon, Michigan. And I spent two summers there as a production manager for uh, full union productions of uh, different shows, three different shows throughout the, the six shows over the two years. Um, and that's the last time I actually went away to, to do anything. When was that? 99 and 2000. Okay, so you've been pretty settled since then. Yes. In, in 2006, I uh, had major back surgery. I was living in Detroit. I had major back surgery, uh, spinal fusion, and um, cadaver bone marrow. Was going through a divorce at the same time. I, I'm like, I can't really lift stuff right now. And Royal Caribbean called out of the blue and asked me if I wanted to come work for them. So Royal, I went, I Royal went, Caribbean. I went for six months and uh, I came home five years later. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just told me recently that you were doing like you were off and you're like, oh, we got to reschedule this, man, because I just I'm back with the opera. Right. Yeah. Well, and that the whole COVID hasn't helped, of course. Right. Um, and then I had shoulder shoulder surgery 13 weeks ago. Mm. And uh, I'm very happy to say that I now can lift up to 10 pounds. All right. So that's yeah, yeah up from two. So that's, that's pretty much what the life is, though, it sounds like where you're like. Okay, I have this time off. I'm, I'm, I just finished what I was doing, and then yeah, I'll come on the podcast. And then yeah. three days later, no, I can't come on the podcast. I just, I'm back at it again. Absolutely, is, is it, that it, what happens then? Basically, that's what happens. And for me personally, and anybody that's worth a, a grain of salt in this industry, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. You know, we always say you're only as good as your last show. So. You know, we go, we do, you know, I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. But if I haven't worked since June and I get three days or a week of employment, this podcast is going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Nothing exactly. personal, but. No, no, you totally know, so Stage Stagehand on a carnival cruise ship. What's that like? I was not a stagehand. Ah. I was a production manager of entertainment. Now, I was, does I was, production manager hires people uh, overseas, all the tech? Uh, no, uh, and um, we, no, I did not hire people. Uh, my job, my responsibility was to oversee the technical side and the entertainment side of all the, well, the performance side of all the entertainment on the ship. Well, that's the, the main stage productions, that's the uh, guest artists, the comedians coming in, the jugglers. Schedule. Uh, scheduling the rehearsals and all that stuff. But every, every week I'd get a schedule, whichever ship I was on, excuse me, I'd get a schedule that said, here's your guest performers for the week. And it's always rehearsal the same day. I mean, everything, it's like clockwork. We, we, the production shows rehearse at the same time every day. The, the perf- headline performers rehearse every day at the same time. So it's all, I just, you know, cut and paste, cut and paste. See, and I didn't even know cruise ships were like that. I didn't know they would bring in people just for a couple of weeks and then off they go. Oh, a couple weeks. The- no, maybe a week. Oh, a week at yeah. a time. Yeah. So yeah. D- I didn't even know yeah. that. Uh, we, uh, comedians would get in on a, uh, would embark on a Sunday um, do a welcome aboard show Sunday night, do a main stage show during the week at some point, a, a regular 45 minute show. And then on Saturday night, do a goodbye show for about 20 minutes and then get off the ship the next day. And that's, the next one would come on. Why? Why would they do that? Why wouldn't they stay on the boats longer? I was, I guess that's confusing to me. Like, I, I've learned, I've learned, I've got good friends that I'm still Facebook friends with. Uh, and I've learned, uh, I can recite most of their material to this day. <laughs> I would think it'd be a lot easier, obviously, for everybody involved if the person stayed on for a month because it's not like anybody's on the cruise ship longer. They've seen you for a week and then boom. It, right, that's true. Mm-hmm. they got a whole new crop of, of 
crowd. Whole new so crowd. Why, why, right. why would you have to pull in a new? Exactly. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just to make they got to just logistics. Why they're paying you? Probably that's probably why. <laughs> well, I, I still have uh, the 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 um, headlining shows. I still have the uh, production shows that the cast and the crew are doing. That's that's and always those are be. yeah those are continuous from week to week. To oh yeah. They're, oh they yeah. Sign, like year long contracts probably right. Just, right. Uh, eight months. My contracts were four months on, two months off. Mm-hmm. And that two months was two months paid vacation, so that was always nice. Um, but with Royal Caribbean, you're just a, pretty much a, a number. Yeah, but you were, yeah, but you said the the opera. So the opera comes in. Now, which opera was that? Because you're like, I do the opera all the time. Awesome. They yes, want me to do this it. was the the most recent Toledo opera. It was the first one in what eighteen months. So this would have been El Trovatore, and um, at the Valentine. So they said we need Wayne, and I said okay, let's go. And yeah, I, that was cool. That was a cool moment, actually. Just a little, little small interaction you and I had was, oh yeah, I have injured my arm or whatever it was you mm-hmm. said you injured. I won't be able to work the opera this time, so I can come on to podcast. Oh, right. mm-hmm. Followed by awesome, I'm working the opera. <laughs> Never right. mind, man. Right. And you were yeah. like, oh, I'm bummed because I've worked the opera every year. I'm kind of disappointed. Yep. And then yeah. you were is, like, yeah. is opera theater? Is it musical theater? Is it worthy of our podcast? <laughs> you might want, can I mention a name? Always. Oh, drop, yeah. Get, drop tons of names. Get James Norman on here. Jim Norman. He's the, he's the production manager and the assistant artistic director for, for uh, the opera. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Jim's a good guy. We will. And his, he handles the costumes at the rep. So you're a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. Yeah. I like to think that I'm a well, this is going to sound horrible when people hear this, but I, I, I consider myself a well-rounded stagehand. And not, we have stagehands that are well-rounded and can do a little bit in every department, which is fantastic because you can pretty much help anybody as, as needed. Um, but maybe they don't necessarily have the theater background. And I, I like to think and say that I'm a theater person. I enjoy the process, um, whether I'm directly involved or sitting off on the side watching this happen. I enjoy the process. I enjoy people bettering themselves of community theater, high school. I love seeing the kids better themselves, come out of their comfort zone. I'm a theater history person. I appreciate the terminology and the history of where things came from uh, as far as maritime and that kind of thing and how they got to where they are now. So I'm like a, a theater person. I enjoy, I enjoy the whole business of, of theater. How could you not? You have a front row seat or a backstage right. seat to everything well it's a shame there's there's some people that that take a job and they come in and they push their box and they get their banana and they go home and that's all they care about they pull a rope they get a banana and they go home i'm like i don't understand that and there there are quite a few of us uh now actually uh pretty much with my insistence i'm like here okay here's this terminology this is what this word means and this is where it came from like anytime we do an opera and i have new people working that i'm working with not that I'm in charge, but I'm like, okay, here, this is the term you're going to hear. Zitz probe, wandle uh, probe. You're going to hear these things over, you know, before rehearsal starts. I want you to know what these mean. So I give them a little education, and they walk out going, wow, I, I learned something today besides how to focus the light. So it makes them feel better, and it makes me feel good, too, that I'm helping myself as well as helping the industry. And, and I always like to say, as a stagehand, my job is not just to focus lights or run sound or anything. It's customer service. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make that show as good as it can be. And if we can help other people get to that level and go, I'm really excited to be here, whether it's opera, community theater, or a, a, a Miss Ohio pageant or whatever, as long as you're giving them 110%, 
these people are going to feel like that, like they've hit a gold mine. You know, I did a, I did a concert down at the river a couple of years ago, and I don't know who who the main act was, but I was setting up. It was a Prometica Promenade, mm-hmm. and I was setting up um, for the opening act. And this opening act was local, and they played around uh, all the hot spots around Waterville, and um, <laughs> and we're asking them, and we're like, okay, you got enough room there? You got enough room? And uh, we did some things. We made it. Well, we gave him a nice little drum riser and everything. And the guy goes, "I'm used to playing beer joints." He goes, "This is more room than I've ever had." And I'm like, "That made his day." Well, awesome. which then in turn makes him a better performer for the audience, which is who yeah. you absolutely, really are, absolutely, so who, right? who ultimately is the client. Yes, yeah. you're helping the audience enjoy the show and get the story. Sure. Yeah. And we, you know, we live in the in the dark. We live in the in the you know the shadows, and we mm-hmm. go home and have our beer and go. Well, that felt good. So and then we do it all over again the next day. So, um, what is what is the best part of being a stagehand? Ah, it's too much. Great question. Um, I'm smiling because there's so many wonderful things about it, and I've been asked this question before. Toledo Blade interviewed me uh, last year during COVID. What I was missing most about not working, and it's it's the people, it's the process. It's, it's really everything about it. And I, I don't like, especially now that I've, I've had the surgery, you know, there's, there's nothing great about having to work at 4 a.m. for a Trans-Siberian Orchestra load-in and getting done at 2 a.m. the next day and working straight through. Wow. And that happens. And WWE is pretty much the same thing. I don't miss that. And that's straight through. It's, you know, we get an hour here, an hour there for break, uh, lunch, dinner, late dinner, and maybe breakfast. Um, but that's straight through and it's, it's heavy work sitting through rehearsals and everything. I don't miss that. Um, but it's also at the same time, it's great to say, Hey, I'm going to do this. I've got this to look forward to. And then I'm going to take two days off to recoup, but I miss the people. I love the people. I love the repartee between stagehands. There's, there's always witty lines between, between everybody and the guys and the girls. It doesn't matter. We, you know, we, we, we tease each other and, you know, everybody knows their limitations for the most part. We know who you tease and who not to tease. And I miss the, I, I love the one-liners. I love the the history. Um, I love the freedom of being a stagehand. Any stagehand will tell you, I will take that house job. You want me to be in charge of the Sycamore Theater downtown? I'm going to be there the rest of my life. And as soon as they get the job offered, they're like, well, you know what? I got next Tuesday off because I have to go fishing with my brother-in-law. You know, we like that freedom. Ah. You know, But also ah. with that freedom comes... Uh, 17 W-2s that I had to sign in, sign up for two years ago. So, ah, so it's the, the people, the process, you mm-hmm, said, mm-hmm. And, and the front row seat, uh, the history. A lot of it sounds well, very similar to being an actual on-stage performer, though, too. So they are yeah. jumping from job to job sure. and job and sure. job, and you're yep. jumping from job to job to job mm-hmm, and job. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, there's this, this similarity between on and oh, off There is, absolutely. Um the, I think the great thing for me is I I have a – if I want to go out and find work on my own, I can do that. But if I want to stay in Toledo and work at the, at the union houses, I call in and I say, hey, I'm available. And the business agent says, hey, I've got this next Tuesday. Do you want to work it? You know, So that's nice. I, I can do that. As far as performers, I don't know what they what they do anymore. You know, They have to audition probably and you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm, so there's a business agent that is – that you know, like how the hell again? Yeah. So, well, so every every somebody, every yeah. union 
pretty much oh, has a business there you agent. Go. So you go through the unions that when you finally got a business, somebody to help you find jobs. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, we he, he or she is hired and, and pretty much paid by the by that particular local wherever it is to find work for you, um, and then maintain those relationships, and then help improve conditions and 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 put you to work. You know, and if he or she's not doing that, then we need a new business agent. Well, I didn't know that was a thing, though. See, I don't know any of this. Oh, yeah, We're yeah, very naive, yeah. man. When we right. talk, say we don't know anything. Well, it's no show. different than the iron workers or the plumbers local or Again, HVAC. Or not anything I'm a part of. Any, so la- any, any laborers is going to have a union. And as you know, a lot of people are going on strike. Right? And anytime I do these interviews or anything on the, in the paper or anything, I'm not I'm not strictly a union person by any means. You know, I'm, I'm going to work where I need to work to make to make money and to make myself happy. But um, you see now that that you've probably been reading the papers and yeah, seeing the news. There's a lot of folks going on strike right now. Yeah, that was. And it's ask not about just there is it's not just my group. Yeah, that what what is going on there? What I mean, I was we I got a message through um, our Instagram account saying, hey. Could you talk about this on the show, at least bring awareness to it? And I okay. was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So. Okay. Um, for it's, it's kind of twofold, but um, lately, I could probably say the last couple of years, um, folks going on strike, uh, Stagehands Union or whoever, it's not always about the, the, the money anymore. It's not about the, uh, the living wage. It's about conditions. And with Stagehands... Um, there are n- over 90,000 members in the Stagehands Union um, in North America. Uh, that's a lot of people, and that's broken down into different areas. Uh, Toledo, we just have a uh, 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 mixed local, which means it's wardrobe and uh, – no, Stagehands. Mixed local is, is Stagehands and wardrobe. And some places have film, and some places have video, and some places have – even ticket takers at some theaters in the bigger cities are part of the Stagehands Union. Um, so – and concessions even. So there's over 90,000 people involved with this. And it got to the point where the video folks, and not all of them because they're all under different contracts, oddly enough, uh, but the folks in Atlanta, New York, Hollywood, are tired of the turnaround, which is when you do a movie shoot or a television shoot and you have eight hours off. And you've just done a a 32-hour day or a 38-hour day. And, and most people who do film and TV work don't live in Los Angeles. They live an hour outside of Los Angeles. So, and they don't get a weekend. So they have to work Friday, Saturday. And they're told to go home. And they have eight hours off. But it takes an hour to get home, an hour to get back. You know, got to see the family and have something to eat, do some laundry, and get, hopefully get four hours sleep. And many people have died in, in the commute, uh, especially in Los Angeles. Wow. So, yep, yep. And uh, during tra- traffic, falling asleep at the wheel. Um, and because so, that was a thing that, that somebody, I thought when this was sent to me, I was like, wait a minute, we were just in COVID lockdown this whole time. Is, and, you know, selfishly, I'm like, is now really a good time to be going on strike for, but it's not just the stage Broadway people. Correct. what you're telling me. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, That's no. It's, was, it's again, not even, it's not naive. even, it doesn't even involve me. Ah. You know, I mean, if my, if my local, I'm probably going to get in trouble, but if my local said, hey, we're going to go on strike to support, you know, I, the folks at the Stranahan, I hope if they're listening to this, they're going to go, what does this have to do with us? It has nothing to do with us. You, you're going to come in here and get to work. And we'll be like, sure. You know, what the, what the union is asking for us to do uh, out in the Netherlands is to cancel all streaming services because that's another part of it. Uh, 10, 12 years ago when streaming first started, it was called new media. Nobody knew exactly how to deal with this. Now, as we know, podcast, this is a major thing in the industry. And it's being... 
people are being taken advantage of. Right. You know, things are things are showing on Netflix and people aren't getting paid for it. You know, or they're getting paid for it, but they're not getting the benefits. They're not getting the royalties that other folks are getting in the industry. Right. And that's so, what the whole thing you're always trying to to stop when you're part of these unions is just stop exploiting us. Absolutely. You know, you have Absolutely. a trillion dollar company. Do you need a trillion and one dollars, really? And that's that's what the folks in Los Angeles and Atlanta and Miami and Chicago are, are dealing with. Well, that, there was something, I don't know who it was. It was a major star, um, Marvel character, uh, Disney, and she was saying, uh-uh. And people were yep. getting on her about, well, don't you make enough money? And my argument was, it's not about her. Mm-hmm. She's fighting for... Yep. Stagehands. There are a lot She's of fighting for everybody else who isn't correct. making millions of dollars in the movie. It's, that's called yeah. giving. A yeah, and they just, they just want uh, the folks in Los Angeles. And, and again, I say Los Angeles because that's where the, the the brunt of the the industry is located. Um, they want a living wage, which would help out because they haven't had a, a, a raise in a while. And but it's really the working conditions. Mm. It's it's mm. you know. As a stagehand, as a union stagehand, if I'm on a union contract, I work five hours and then I get a, a an hour break. If I don't get that hour break, then I get a meal penalty. That's with pretty much any union, any labor union. You work over five hours, you get food or go away for food or you get a meal penalty paid to you. And out in Los Angeles and other places, what's happening is the producers of these shows at Netflix and, and, and Hulu and all these things are saying, forget it. We, we don't have time. You're going to work seven or eight hours, and we're just going to keep paying you a lot of money to do that. At some point, the money is not the issue. Right. You know, when you've got somebody working in the sun or along the train tracks, and there was a lady that got, got killed and run over by a train several years ago because she wasn't paying attention during a shoot. Um, you know, it's not about the money. It's about the safe working conditions. It's about being humane and just taking yeah, care yeah. of people. Exactly. It's, it's not like that just, freaking hard. No, it's it, exactly. It's not hard. Be halfway decent. Give them a couple hours where they need a couple hours. Yep. Your movie can come out a couple yep. hours mm-hmm. later. But now, it's not it, that absolutely. Big of a deal. And, and now, what they're talking about is in the the conditions for the union. Um, it's a tentative agreement. It's not favorable, as far as I'm concerned, for the for the union, the IATSE union. Uh, the filmmakers, um, but at least it's a start. Now they have some place they can go to and, and, and talk back and forth. Um, but it's not just the the turnaround, the eight-hour turnaround. It's weekends because they would have the crew, they would give, you know, Matthew McConaughey or whoever would have, you know, Friday and Saturday off, but the crew is expected to be there seven, eight, nine days a week straight through before they get any time off. And that's, that's again, an hour away from home, you know, that's not right. Stagehands, they want a weekend. And to us, the joke always been Saturday, Sunday, weekend. What's that? That's mm-hmm. our weekend is Monday when right. there's no shows, right. and and they want weekends. They want to be able to you know see family on Saturdays yeah. and Sundays. Well, so, like I said, I got a message about it, and I wish I was able to reply to the person who messaged me in an educated way. And I was like, ah, you know what? I have somebody coming in. I will ask that person well, who I knows way more about what's going on in this kind of environment, this kind of world. Than Ron and I would ever have any idea. Uh, I hope it helped. Now, yeah, no, it did help. I, a lot. I, um, I, you used the word integrity earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see integrity and excellence and professionalism in the people you work with behind stage, backstage, in the union? I, I would. You, you seem to represent that. Um, <laughs> yes, I would like to. It, it depends. 
I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I don't want to talk negatively of the union um, or non-union people. But it's not uh, – the integrity is not there uh, as prevalent as I'd like to see. I think know? that's everywhere, though. So, uh, and that's so you, true. you talking true. about that saying, well, I'd like to see, that's not shocking. I yeah. think a lot of work environments are right. going to be in a situation where it's like 10% of the people are holding up the entire company. Absolutely. It's like, it, what are nowadays, the other 90% well, doing? And nowadays also with the work ethic of some of the folks that are not our age, um, again, don't seem to care, which breaks my heart. You know, I'm going to give somebody 110% when I go into the job. And right. Well, this else. sounds like a job, though, where it is – there's no instant gratification. And no. So you got to, like you said, so you, you started when you were 19, 18? Yeah, 18. 18 years old, and you just started doing it. And mm-hmm. you just worked your ass off. Yeah. And one thing fell into another one. Mm-hmm. Somebody saw you over there and said, that kid works his ass off. Give him another job. You did yeah. some more work, and you said, that kid yeah. is, is right. getting it done. He, sure. I don't have to always tell him constantly to pick up something. He's just exactly it up. Be proactive. Yeah. That's right. I want people to be proactive. And if you don't know something... Again, this is not just union, non-union. It's if you don't know something, you just ask. Hey, I don't know how to do this. Well, we see it with interns and stuff where we're at too, where it's like they just stand back and are waiting for instruction. Sure. And I'm and I'm always like, hey, get in there. Just get your roll up right. your sleeves. Do something. Yeah. You roll up your sleeves. Pick something up. And mm-hmm. if it's not the right thing to pick up, I'll say, hey, why'd you pick that up? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but at least try. Mm-hmm. You see, we're unloading. Right. You see, we're putting cables in. You see, we're doing these things, and you're sitting back. All timid and mousy. That's not helping. Many, many years ago, if I can tell a story. Yes, here, please. Many years ago, I was on tour with uh, Jerry Lewis and Damn Yankees. And not Damn Yankees, the band. Damn Yankees. Not Jerry Lewis from Jerry Lewis? or Yeah, Jerry Lewis. Oh, that Jerry Lewis, but not... Okay. But not Damn Yankees, the band with Ted Nugent. Uh-huh. Damn Yankees, the Broadway musical. My um, wife saw Damn Yankees live, I believe. The band or... The band, yeah. Okay. Let's get off the band now. <laughs> okay. Right. It's going to confuse people. It's going to confuse the listeners. Um, and I was in San Francisco, and I was there for five weeks with, with Jerry and Damn Yankees. And the local business, I was on tour with him, and the local business agent came in and said, and this was in the 90s, the local business agent from San Francisco came in and said, hey, guys, you folks that are on the, on the tour, if you want extra work, we have work for you. We've got conventions going on at the Moscone Center. We've got movie shoots. We've got television shoots. We've got Nash Bridges, which is being shot in town. Um, if you want work, we can give it to you. Great. So a bunch of us took it. So I'd, I'd go to Moscone Center or whatever right after I got done with a night show, and I'd work until 8 or 9 a.m. the next morning, take a nap, and go in and do two shows of, of Damn Yankees. But at one point, I was doing that, and I was starting to get tired. I'm starting to get run down. And it must have been 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was at the uh, Moscone Center setting up for a convention. And I realized it was not safe. I was getting very tired. Um, but I still – they were paying me good money because it's San Francisco. Um, and I wanted to look good. I still wanted to you know, have some integrity and show that I had some def- decent work ethic. Um, and I found a hard hat, um, and I put that on, a white hard hat. And I found some rolled-up newspapers, and I, I curled them up so they looked like they were – blueprints and i put them under my arm and i just walked around for like an hour and a half doing that and people thought i was working my ass off <laughs> the lack of integrity i'd swear <laughs> you had to put up with these kids yeah, yeah, yeah. you just knew it you i had knew. to be creative i couldn't just go take a nap oh, i'm tired i don't want to do this anymore 
But yep. that, so, so that's all they're doing now is what you're saying, though, is they're all wearing hard hats probably, and rolling up. Or they will like, be is now. Is actually yeah, working? Now. You're all they kind of will happy. be now, yeah. Well, there's nothing yeah, happening. kids yet. are all clever now. So so you're telling me that right now, if somebody wants to do what you have done your whole life, that they could just roll up their sleeves, go over to the union, just say, I want to work, and people put them to work? They don't need to go to college for this, obviously? You don't need to go to college for this. Yeah, no. awesome. Um, there are, especially nowadays, and this is the one thing that I that I do regret about uh, being in industry, is I started in 1980. There was no intelligent lighting. There was no computerized light boards. Um, I was always a okay. I'll put this this square peg in the in the round hole, and I'll make this work. Um, I've always been that that kind of person. And once intelligent lighting and, and computer programming came along. I was doing the other thing, and I never sat down. I never learned how to be a, a lighting programmer, and I missed that. And it's like and nowadays, kids can come in and go, I can do that. And, and we have some very good programmers here in town um, that can program computerized light boards, and I don't know my way around them at all. And it's because I was too busy blowing it off and you know, happy just to push a box. Right. So, and yeah. I, I do regret that I didn't spend more time with – all the people I worked with over the years to say, okay, how does this, how do you do this? And why do you do that? And, and nowadays they're, they're the young group, the young kids come in and they sit down at the light board and they're doing this and everything and hmm. flipping and flopping and pushing buttons and everything. And you got a scene there on the stage. I'm like, I don't know what you just did. I'll focus the light, but I don't know what you just did. So what do you recommend then for somebody who, cause again, this is something where, man, I wish I knew about this in 1990. I never, I lived in a very naive life, not knowing this kind of stuff. So if somebody's listening to this or mm-hmm. Ron and I could, you know, we're in the theater world a little bit and we know these young people, what, what should we tell them to do if they want to do what you want to do? Well, anybody can, I don't say anybody, but you can get involved with, with the stagehands union. You can call, um, um, you have my card. You can put that out there um, and say, I'd like to get involved. I've done some theater in high school before. And we put you on the list. You know, you have to have a, uh, to be with the stagehands union. Um, you have to be 18, unsafe environment quite often. So we have to be at least 18. Um, have your own mode of transportation, or at least somebody can drive you to and from work, like a parent or something, guardian. Um, and just have some tools. And then we'll take you from there. You know, we want people that have lighting background, sound background. Um, audio, as we call it, um, video. We need video people, and that's not just here in Toledo. It's not just with the union. Um, pretty much any show nowadays has video in it. Um, so yeah. if somebody has a video background, we'll, we'll take them on. They're not going to get jobs over the people that have a union card and have the experience, but it's somebody to get involved that can work their way up to yeah. other other positions probably. You just said uh, dangerous working environment. Uh, is that like forklifts and... Hard hats and um, like unloading Les Mis. Is abso- that dangerous? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, you've got four or six guys in the grid working above you with loose items. You're at the arena and you've got 120 points of, of chain motors to pull up the scenery. Um, so you've got about 12 or 15, 20 riggers in the ceiling working with loose, loose items. You know, they'll, they'll kill you if they hit you in the head. So that's dangerous. Taking a, a you know a, a five hundred pound or an eight hundred pound even a thousand pound 
set piece down a ramp of a, a truck and a straight barricade. Hand. Dude, you're not selling the job, man. <laughs> well, that's true. I'm trying to get people to do that's this true. job. Now well, he's asking about the danger. Yeah. I know. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't bring this up. Well, you know, but then when you get enough people gathered around something like that, you're like, there's no way we're going to get this down. There's no way we're going to do this. So, hey, guys, everybody gather around. And all of a sudden you pull it off. You're like, damn. Yeah. And you're high-fiving each other and you go into the next <laughs> one. But you love it, though. You've done it for how many years and you love it? 40-some years and I, and I never get tired of it. Wow. wow no, that's wow. not true. I, yeah. I do get tired of it. <laughs> Just um, like any job. But, but yeah, I mean, but um, there was an article, and I, I um, if anybody's interested, um, I have a Facebook page called hashtag, and it's not a hashtag, it's a pound sign, 24Family, um, and it's the unofficial Facebook page for um, stagehands and theater here in town, and um, it's, it's, as the recording secretary for the union, I pass on the information to people as far as, oh, the show's happening, you need to park here. The street is blocked, make sure you go around this way. Make sure you're on time for this and bring these tools. But I also like to post things on there like uh, humor and, and some things once in a while about uh, things that happen in the theater. And I just posted uh, about a week ago about an a opera singer in Moscow that stepped off the stage the wrong direction and was smashed by a piece of scenery and he came he went the wrong spot so say it's dangerous it's not just loading it is dangerous it is it's a dangerous profession you know maybe not as much as an iron worker we're not all above the in the air building bridges but it's it's a dangerous profession so not to scare anybody away i went i i was invited backstage when they were unloading les mis like three years ago at the stranahan Mm -hmm. and the the, uh, the 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 half of the barricade was rolling past me, and people are in hard hats and mm-hmm. hustle and bustle and cranes and oh yeah. And, when are we when are you gonna invite us back? And yeah, and I want to come back. I want to see this stuff. I want to. I want access. Absolutely. To back. And the, all the workers were so kind. Hey, look! Hey, there's the candlesticks that he steals. You know, Any that, of us <laughs> would be happy to show because we love what we do. And I, again, me being a theater person, I love people to see what I'm doing. I'm giving backstage tours all the time. Oh, Wicked and and Les Mis and you know I got Anastasia coming up hopefully. Um, I'll see what I can do. Absolutely. That's not up to me. <laughs> right. But, I wanted, you, I wanted but if to say, I call you and say, Wayne, can you get us in? You'd be like, maybe. Yeah, I'll say maybe, and then I'll make, make it happen. So we're changing gears a little bit here. As I say, please go and uh, give us a review on iTunes. I know it's like, why is he so lame after something like this to even mention going there? But it's important. It's important because it gives us uh, nice ratings, bumps us, bumps us up on the charts, gives us a little bit more recognition, and keeps us going as a podcast so again if you like us you know give us a rating write us a review always a bonus we love the written reviews again thanks for listening to another episode of stage door and we will be back next friday bye